0: Before we get to the scripture and the message this morning, I just want to read a, a note of thanks um, from the Gobel family. It says, Dear Corps members, for every compassionate thought, for every prayer uttered, for every expression of sympathy, we thank all of you. The beautiful flowers and delicious food are so appreciated. The support we receive from the family of God has helped us to bear up under the loss of our mother. We are especially helped by the knowledge that Mama will participate in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection. Amen. God bless you as you serve him, the Goebel family. So I just want to let you all uh, hear that, words of appreciation to you all. This morning, uh, after the last few days, it has not felt like Christmas, weather-wise at all. So maybe as we read Matthew, um, it did feel good this morning, I will say, um, in the 50s, uh, but um, we're going to read a little bit of the Christmas story on Father's Day because I want to talk to you about a father that is many times forgotten, uh, and that is actually the father that God picked out for Jesus. But Matthew chapter 1, uh, we're reading uh, verses 18, uh, I'm sorry, I've lost everything I need here, uh, verse 18 through 24, Matthew 1, 18 through 24. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For it is he who will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place that, was, that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which translated means God with us. And Joseph arose from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took her as his wife and kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. So this morning I want to talk to you about Joseph because uh, Joseph is probably the unsung hero of Christmas. And I know it's not Christmas, but it's Father's Day. And, you know, uh, we often forget about the man that God picked out to be the father of Jesus. That I mean, what a responsibility. Uh, so today being Father's Day, I want to talk to you about a father, as I said, who is very often overlooked. And some of that has to do with church history. Uh, In some denominations or in some religions, uh, he is overshadowed by the uh, prominence given to his wife, Mary. And so, of course, we're talking about Joseph. Now, there's not a lot in Scripture about Joseph, is there? But what we do have, we can see several things that we can emulate, man or woman, father or not a father. Uh, And you may have never heard, other than outside of Christmas, someone preach a sermon on Joseph. But I believe it's a significant thing that even as God chose Mary to be the one that would give birth to the Son of God, in His providence, He chose a man named Joseph to be the father to Jesus. Because you've got to remember, this is a Jewish family. The father uh, would teach his son the Word of God. He would teach him uh, how how to be a, a father himself, how to be a, a man of God. Notice it's in the scriptures, who named Jesus? Joseph. So this morning, it is, it is good that we look at this, this man that God chose to be the father to Jesus, to raise him into manhood. Mary and Joseph were chosen together to be parents. Yes, Mary was chosen to be the mother of, of God, of Jesus, and so it's also important that we focus on Joseph, who was chosen to be the earthly father to Jesus. As much as God went looking for a mother for his son, he went looking for a father. He called Mary and Joseph as a couple, and here is the point. God clearly demonstrates for us that the role of the father is important. You can look around today at our society. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, the cultural background. If you do not have a father in your household, you are already destined to fail. Did you know that? You are already destined. to The the, the odds have already been stacked against you. Some of you know that too well. And many of you today who can say my father was present or, you know, my dad was there, you didn't realize it then, but you were already on your way of to success. It, and, and even if you failed, there were certain building blocks that you already had. God gave us uh, a father and a mother. And so fathers are not only needed... Uh, not to get into the weeds here, but fathers are not only needed for the physical act of conceiving a child, they're needed for the spiritual act of raising a child. Many times in the scriptures, it's, it's said that the, uh, that the father will teach his children the word of God. The child was conceived in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit. This is a miracle, but a man was still needed to fill the role of father in Jesus' childhood. Having said that, let's look at what Joseph was. Joseph was a loving man. The scriptures draw the picture for us of a wonderfully caring and affectionate man. And we can see this, first, not in his relationship to Jesus, but in his relationship towards Mary. You know, it's interesting, as I was reading the verses... Uh, and you got to understand this from a Jewish perspective. In verse 19, it already says that's her husband. Because in their world, to be betrothed, to be engaged, uh, simply meant that basically by law, they were already married. They just, uh, they as a union physically, they just were not one. That is why it even says he would divorce her secretly. We, you know... Uh, We don't take engagement in in our culture near as serious. We don't take marriage serious. So engagement, this is very important. He was a loving man toward Mary. Think about it. Uh, They they wait until uh, they are married uh, to uh, physically be one, and yet it says she's pregnant. Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant. And this is before the angel speaks to him. Now, what is he to think? What would you think, guys? You've fallen in love with a pretty young girl. You do all the right things. You're living right. You pursue, pursue her in the proper, customary way. In other words, you're not a stalker, right? Uh, maybe as they walked together, they talked about how they wanted their, to build their life, their dreams, Uh you know, uh, he was a carpenter, maybe he talking about, hey, I, maybe we'll, I'll have a successful business, and then boom. Here's this world-changing news. Now here's the thing to remember. The penalty for adultery in the Old Testament was death by stoning. And this penalty applied to infidelity during engagement as well as marriage. The human population would decrease fast, wouldn't it, today, if we still stone people to death for this. Now, by the New Testament, though, things had changed somewhat, but matter was still treated as a grave offense. And so, even before God spoke to Joseph, we see see a little bit of his heart. Verse 19, he was a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her. That tells you a little bit about who Joseph was. Here she she says, "I'm pregnant," and yet he's thinking, "Well, I don't want to disgrace her," because he's thinking probably in their culture she's already going to be disgraced. I don't want to do that. I don't want to put that on her. Joseph didn't have any vengeance or bitterness in his heart. Would you? Just think about that. Don't answer too quickly. The Bible says he was minded to put her away secretly. Now, that doesn't mean like, hey, you you mess with me, I'm going to put you away, and nobody will ever find you. It just means, hey, we're going to go our separate ways, and we're not going to make a fuss about it. I'm I'm not coming after you in this way. There were ways in which a divorce could be enacted very quietly without the involvement of a judge, and Joseph was already considering the best way to do this. Now you're engaged, you're living right, you know, uh, and all of a sudden uh, your, your fiancé says, hey, I'm pregnant, and you're thinking, I don't want to disgrace her. Again, we, we see in his heart, Joseph was kind. He loved Mary. Ephesians 5.25 tells us, the Bible says to us today that we must love our wives with all that we have. For those of you men in here who are married, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved The church. What did did Christ do? He died, right? He died for the church. In other words, he gave his all. The example is that we must love our wives sacrificiously, even as Christ loved the church and laid down his life for it. Joseph was a loving man toward Mary, and Jesus saw this. Many times, you don't know it until you get older, but you realize your parents, both uh, father and mother, were teaching you all the days of your life. You were watching them. You heard them. You saw them. But we also see that Joseph was a loving man in his relationship toward Jesus. When the child came along, the child he had not conceived, there was no attitude in Joseph that... um, and I was, I was speaking with someone about this a few days ago. There's no attitude in Joseph, the scripture doesn't give us any inclination that he ever thought, he's not my kid, this is not my flesh and blood. Because we do understand Mary and Joseph, after they were uh, married, they did have biological children, right? There was no resentment or indifference toward Jesus no lack of love at all not you know he he nurtured him from what we can see he cared for him evidently he taught jesus his own trade of carpentry he adopted the one that the rest of the world would reject he took him as his own maybe what we miss sometimes is that the relationship between joseph and jesus is the very relationship between us and God? We are adopted, and when He sees us, He just sees His child. He doesn't say, "Well, you know, that's that's my kid." But over here, you know, I really love this one. You know, um, you know, uh, I was my uh, I, I asked my daughter one time, or she she loves to ask me. Lorelai loves to ask me, "Who do you love the most?" And I'm always thinking, here's what you don't understand. I'm not going to fall for this. And I always say, I love, and it's true, I love you equally, but I also love you differently. And she's like, oh man, I couldn't, I couldn't get him on that one. Joseph loved Jesus equally. The first thing that is clear—that is the first thing that is clear—in his relationship with Jesus today. By contrast, we see men who are prepared uh, to abdicate their role, even toward their own children. Much less someone, maybe, uh, much less someone who's a stepchild or adopted. Unfortunately, the family unit is crumbling before our eyes because men are opting out of the role of father because it costs them something. Do you know what the Bible says? If anyone does not provide for his own and especially those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's 1 Timothy 5 verse 8. There's a lot of responsibility put on fathers and for good reason. Because when you do what's right and you live by God's law, you are giving your children supernatural success that that can follow them all the days of their life but when you live opposite even jesus said you know basically the worst thing you can do is lead a child to sin joseph was loving that's the first thing that's clear second joseph was devout he was faithful he was a man who obeyed god he explicitly followed the Lord's leading and direction. It tells us over and over in these last, in just the few verses that I have read to you, that he obeyed the Lord. He did what he was told. He named him Jesus. Uh, eventually, you know, we know after he was born, he was told to escape to Egypt. He, he did all of that. When, uh, when God spoke and said, take Mary and Jesus. And flee to Egypt for safely. He immediately did that. He closed. And you know what that means for him, right? It means he had to shut down his business. He had to. He, he, he left everything. To keep his family safe. And then when God said it's okay to come back. What did he do? He came back immediately. He didn't say, well, you know, we've kind of made this place a home now. He, he did what God told him. He was a man. Who obeyed the lord for another thing he was a man of faith let me tell you it takes faith to pack your bags and head off to a foreign country i do it about every three to five years but you know what i'm saying it takes a lot of faith to do these things that we just read about and just go over and think oh isn't that a great wonderful story it is because it's not you it's not me being asked to do all of these things he had faith and obeyed the dream that God gave him, the vision. He could have made excuses to say, Well, you know, I know you say Egypt, but you know, I've been looking over on the map, and over here, they need a good carpenter. He didn't do that. Fathers here this morning, your faith speaks to your children. Even if your father is with the Lord, many of you are in this room today. You serve in this core. Uh, you, you are a Christian because of the examples that were already set for you the best thing you can do fathers mothers leaders it doesn't matter raise youth in an environment of faith toward God this doesn't mean that you're perfect it's it's not about being perfect in fact you want to do your kids a fail uh, excuse me a favor let them see you fail sometimes let them see not not sinfully but let them see you make mistakes, and then, even if you hurt them, let them hear you say, I'm sorry about that. Let me explain. I'll, I will, I'll, I'll do better next time. They'll have more respect for you than you'll ever know. There's a story of a farmer who had toiled over a bumper crop of grain, a badly needed crop of grain, A badly needed crop that was going to pay off many creditors and secure the family for another year. But just a few days before it was due to be harvested, a wind came from nowhere. A hailstorm, kind of like the one I guess we had Friday, ravaged the property. The harvest was totally lost. The man stood with his little boy, looking over the fields of destroyed grain. And the boy expected to hear his father cursing in despair. But instead, his dad began to softly sing, Rock of Ages, Cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Years later, that boy, grown into manhood, said, That was the greatest sermon I ever heard. His father had shown him faith where the rubber meets the road. Joseph was leaning on God in hard times. He was a man of faith, and also he was a man who was faithful in his spiritual responsibility. He set an example for his family. They went to the temple. We read about that in Luke two verse forty one. Now, you know, of course, we also read where Jesus runs off and starts uh, says, "Hey, I got to be about my father's business." But as a as a Jewish man, he followed the Talmud. He followed God's law. He attended the feast. He was regular in going to God's house. You may not have heard about the little boy who was playing on a Sunday morning while his dad was in a lounge chair reading the paper. The father said, son, get yourself ready for Sunday school. And the little boy asked, are you coming with me today? His dad said, no, I'm not coming, but I want you to hurry up and get ready. The little boy then said, did you used to go to Sunday school when you were a boy? Dad said, I most certainly did. As he walked away, the boy mumbled, yeah, and I bet it won't do me any good either. You see, our kids, young people, they're watching. They watch our faithfulness. They also watch our unfaithfulness. So let's just recap for a moment. Joseph was loving towards his wife, towards Jesus, towards his whole family. He was a devout man. He was a man of obedience. He was faithful in his spiritual responsibility, and he was also a wise man. Now here's where uh, we have to kind of pay close attention because as as I close out this morning, Joseph was wise because he lived as one who redeemed the time. You see, we don't have a lot of information about Joseph. And more than likely, it's because he died young. Or if it if it's not that he died young, he died when Jesus was young. The last thing that we understand uh, is that when he when Jesus was 12 years old, right, they couldn't find him, and it does talk about Joseph and Mary. And then he says, "Don't you know I must be about my father's business?" After that, we never see Joseph again. The first miracle that Jesus did was he turned water into wine. The only that we know is that his mother and his family were there and his disciples so you could common sense basically says joseph had died but in his time he redeemed his time by all accounts it seems that joseph may have had a shortened life we don't read of him after jesus childhood at the cross jesus charged the disciple john with the care of his mother So it seems that Joseph was taken from them, maybe we would say prematurely, not in God's eyes, but you get what I'm saying. All that to say, Joseph used what time he had been given honorably. Friends, nobody lives forever. You know that. I know that. You can look at an online obituary, you'll see someone who is 90, and you can see someone who is 27. Friends, use the time that God has given you wisely. Put your time and energy into other people. A successful man is a man whose family, whose children, have been raised in the Word of God. Nothing else is going to matter. Nothing. Joseph raised his children in the ways of the Lord, and he left behind him a legacy after his lifetime. That's the only thing, honestly, any of us can truly hope for, is that when we meet the Lord in eternity, we can say, I did my job. Those who came after me follow the Lord. Fathers, leaders, none of us know how much time we have left. None of us. We don't know how much time we have left with our kids, grandkids, our families. Uh, You may have only a year, you may have 20 years. Only God knows. The question we need to ask on this Father's Day, not just as fathers, but just as people, as Christians, are we redeeming the time as Joseph did? Are we encouraging our families at every opportunity? Are we setting an example, providing for their needs? Now some say, oh yeah, I provide for my family. But I'm not just talking about a paycheck. I'm talking about uh, those other provisions that they need from you. Affection. One of the greatest things you can do as a dad is show affection. You know, I'll I'll just share with you this, and, and this is true probably in a lot of people's family. My grandfather didn't know how to show affection. I guess his father didn't show it to him. But you know what? My dad showed me affection. I guess at some point he decided, I'm not going to be like that. Maybe in your life you didn't have the greatest example. But actually, maybe God gave you those examples for you to do the opposite. And to say, you know what, I know what my dad did and I know what my grandfather did, but it's going to be different with me. And you know what that will do? That will change the dynamic of your family forever just by you saying i know i know how it used to be we won't do this anymore it'll change with me friends as long as you have time on earth you have opportunity to change your family from here from for generation to generation show affection show godly counsel counsel and here's an idea let them see you laugh let, let them see you have a good time uh, there's a reason why the Bible says to fathers don't exasperate your children don't stay on them all the time don't just keep don't be overbearing all the time have a little fun with them yes dad jokes are the corniest jokes of all time but say a few of them to them let them laugh let them know that yes you you can be a disciplinarian and and at times you can, Try to be a comedian. Show loving concern. We must provide for our own. God, if you've been given a family, God is going to say to each man, so, were you a good steward of what I gave you? And I'm not talking about houses, cars, material. I'm talking about souls. I'm talking about people. Joseph should inspire each one of us. Was he perfect? Of course not. But he was devoted. He did his best. He redeemed the time. That's the example that he gives us today on this Father's Day. Lord, today, whether we're fathers or not, you've given us opportunities in our lives. And as long as we have breath, we have the opportunity to show Christ to our family, to our friends, to our church members, to anyone that we come in contact with. And Lord, for those who are fathers or grandfathers, Lord, I pray that we would redeem the time. We thank you, Lord, for the time that you have given us. We know, Lord, that life is a mist. So Lord, help us not to waste it. Help us, Lord, to uh, do the hard things, sacrifice for our family give them not just talents but time affection let them see Christ in us because Lord no Christian man wants to go to eternity knowing that he lost his family help us Lord to plant seeds of righteousness in our children in our family And in this, Lord, we will glorify you. Lord, for those who grieve today, maybe they didn't have the greatest father, I pray, Lord, that they would know that right now that the greatest father they have is Jesus Christ, that that relationship that they have with Almighty God and that relationship that they have with other men who are Christian, who love them, who care for them, Lord, that that's just a... A a reminder of your love and your tender care for each one. Lord, we're not perfect. You don't call us to be perfect in that we're going to do everything correctly. But Lord, we do pray that we would use Joseph as an example to trust you, to obey you, to redeem the time that we have so that others will see Christ in us. These things we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said.